Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Greg. That was very kind. It's been wonderful. It's been a kind transition. Love this church. Um, this January, I think we're 14 years old as a community, which is just really special. Um, Brad and Lisa, who are still, um, Brad's still the senior pastor. He's just on sabbatical at the moment, but he's here. He was here this morning. Um, he's up there on the camera. Um, they were leading this church in their late 20s, pastoring, and we joined them, and Andrew and Kat Field, a few of us from that time. Mitch joined not long after. And um, yeah, we were your leaders in our late 20s. Well, how trusting of you. I think Bethy used to... And here we are now in our early 40s. And um, it's just been a precious journey. We've changed a lot. I'm sure a lot of you are grateful that we've changed a lot as well. A lot of the leaders have changed a lot um, because the Lord does a transformation in our lives. A lot of you have changed a lot. Um, but some of the fundamentals, um, we don't want to change too much. The Lord's always doing a new thing, but there are um, particular aspects of the word. There's absolutes of the kingdom and there's particular culture of heaven that doesn't change. And he loves bringing heaven to earth. Yeah, he does that through our prayers, our prayers for a region, our prayers for a family, our prayers for a person. We can bring uh, the kingdom to a region. What we can also do is carry the kingdom within us in an area, in a region, when we go into shopping centres, to just be aware of what's going on around us. If um, people are just fighting or arguing, I was, I was at the zoo this week and I was just like, there's three people now that are fighting around us as we walked in. I was like, right, just starting to pray that kingdom come and just Lord, whatever's going on here. And we just get to be aware of our area. Another way we get to bring kingdom is to carry it as a community. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today is how to have a kingdom culture here in this family between us, between you and me, between you and each other, um, as we're just getting into the season of Life Hubs relaunching as well, as we're getting into the season of Lilia Haven relaunching, as the crew continues, as we carry on to bring his kingdom to this area. You may have noticed that from family to family in this room, we have a different culture. Okay, so maybe the way I was raised or the culture of how I might do things or how I have conversations or confrontations or big emotions or no one speaks or everyone just watches the TV to eat or everyone sits at the table together or everyone holds hands and sings grace or we believe in the Lord or we don't believe in the Lord or it's toxic or there's broken trust or there's high connection and there's traditions. Everyone around this room is different. Christmas looks different for all of us in our homes, whether there's particular traditions or family or maybe you don't even have necessarily anyone to do that season with. Okay, um, Grief looks different from home to home. Uh, discipline looks different. Boundaries look different. Um, the health of what's going on inside of everyone's homes just looks a bit different from family to family. So what happens when we all come into one big room together to be a family? And for some of us, that has such exciting feelings. I get to be part of another family and I'm here with my Paradox family. And for others, that just brings up feelings that are not so comfortable because maybe family's been a trigger word even. It's a, a place that's not safe. Maybe leadership hasn't been safe for you, whether that was leaders in your home or leaders in your family or teachers 
or past churches where there might have been church trauma. We can have broken trust when it comes to that. And yet, all throughout the scripture, it keeps referring to us as believers as a family. Okay, some of us biologically belong to a family that we only see at Easter and Christmas, and that suits us very well. (laughs) For some of us, it's a bit more, or we get together once a week, or we get together once a month. Some of us long to see each other. Some of us do not long to see each other. Then we become a family here where in the word it's full of familial language. It talks about us being brothers and sisters to each other. Okay, we are brothers and sisters sitting right here, literally brothers and sisters. We are family. And it talks about us being mums and dads and spiritual mums and spiritual dads. What does that look like? It's not are we all making sure we arrive together for family time on a Sunday morning and then go home again and then stay away from each other as much as possible. It really is, what does it look like if we're family when everyone here has a different view of what that word means? And everyone here has a different feeling of when it comes to how close we want to be connected as a community. I bet there's a whole range if we had to stand across the room with, if you want to live with each other day and night in the whole room, there might be some there, all the way down to some people here, I'll maybe just come along to something once a fortnight or once a month and we'll see how we go. Um, And there can be all sorts of reasons around that, but we're actually all probably in different places. And yet the Lord's desire is that we're one. The Lord's desire is that we're one. What does that mean? What does that look like? Does that mean we all are one in the mind and we think and believe the same thing? Do we all have to agree on every single thing theologically? What does it mean to be one? Because we sing with one voice or we come to one gathering on a Sunday? What does it mean if we are in here to be family and if we are to be one? Well, in kingdom culture, we are to be a family, a functional, safe, connected family. Okay, so not a dysfunctional family, not a toxic family, not a family where if someone's a little bit tricky, we just, we'll just make sure we don't ask them to be part of the worship team, but we won't tell them why. We'll just manage them. Oh, I hear some giggles. This has happened for some before. We'll just manage them by just never going there and talking about it and just manage that. And then we've got this person over here who's a bit tricky, so we'll just make sure they never have influence or lead anything. And and we just manage people who maybe it feels a bit tricky with. No, we don't want to just manage people here. We want to really love everybody, get to know everybody. And if there's anybody who's just got some bit of salad on our face that we didn't know that was there, we want to point it out. I'd want to know if there's some spinach between my teeth, wouldn't you? But we even all can feel quite different about what feedback's like. For some of us, that is the worst thought ever to get some feedback about areas of us that's not so safe. Because maybe we've come from a family where there wasn't safe feedback. There was berating and put down and criticism. And it was it made us feel this big. And so to hear feedback about an area we could grow in feels unsafe. And we can have big responses and prefer not to be seen. We can get inflamed in our responses or we can feel defensive because on the inside we're actually feeling this big. So we want to learn how to be safe feedback people as well. But really, if there's any area in us that is creating harm or isn't 
helping community um, togetherness and safety. We want to just help each other along. Because one of the goals of being family is so that we can be family on mission. So that's what I want you to hear today when we're talking. It's a being family unto something. It's not just family so we feel good and we're loved enough. And We're called to this region. We're called to Perth. We're called to bring the, the heaven down. Part of that is by carrying his culture as a family. We want to be on family to Lilia Haven chapter 2, don't we? Amen? We want to be family to Lilia Haven chapter 2. That looks like something. That looks like a lot of safety and a lot of intentionality are in. We want to be family to this region. We want to be family to each other. Did you know that all throughout the scripture, there's this particular line that comes through, especially in the Old Testament, where it says, look out for the widow, the orphan, and the sojourner. It's a command over and over and over again. What does that mean? Look out for those that are single, especially through death, widow, widower, you know, divorced person, single. Look out for those who actually don't have a partner. And it says, look out for the orphan. So those who maybe don't have parents in the natural or are here in this church and don't have parents or, you know, they, they're spiritual orphans in that way or in the natural. And look out for the sojourner. What's a sojourner? It's a foreigner. It's someone who's moved here. And Perth's full of that, is it not? Australia is. It's look out for someone who's new here and is from um, somewhere interstate or has moved up from Albany or has come from um, New Zealand, or has come from Africa, or is it you know, a completely different race as well as a different culture. There are such huge barriers when someone's moved. When someone's moved, they lose everything, and they're starting all over. And for some people, when they walk in the door of this church, and you've been here two or three weeks, you are all they have so far. You're it to a lot of people in this room. You're literally it. Think of the support system you might have in your life or the people you know or the work colleagues that are your support system or family or long-term mentors or disciples. You're it so far. That's all some people have over and over again in this world of people moving around. And so we have a calling to be a family on a mission so that there isn't anybody who doesn't have a form of partnering and who doesn't have a spiritual parent and who doesn't have a family. Yeah? That's the Lord's heart. That's bringing the kingdom. But what does it look like to carry that as a community and to be able to see people who don't have um, that when we're called to look after them in that way? Um, we are to have a culture, but this is where we need to learn to lay down um, anything of our family culture and anything even in some ways of the cultures that we were raised in, nationality culture. I was 20 years in African cultures, and I'm so grateful for the blessings of that and the, the things I get to keep from that. But what we want to do is make sure that the first thing that we comes through is the kingdom culture, even more than the culture we're from. Some things need to go in the cultures we've come from in our biological family. And we don't know what those things are until we start rubbing shoulders with each other in here. Unless we really choose to connect and put both feet in, we sometimes don't know that what we've always carried as a, from our biological culture or ways of doing things or even nationality as a culture, that some of those things just need to be laid down and we need to be able to study the word and we need to be able to learn what is kingdom culture. Even all the letters to the churches all through the New Testament, it's filled with ways to love each other, ways to do things. We need to be familiar with kingdom culture and be carrying that as a community. Is that all right? So we need to be familiar with it. So the culture needs to be learned. So that includes maybe short 
teachings like what I'm doing today. But it includes a lot of looking yourself and researching yourself. And it needs to be carried by the whole family. Okay, so what happens is that anyone here who chooses this as their church community, it's then your honour to carry a kingdom culture of family and to be someone who goes, cool, I'm going to pick it up, I'm going to carry that, and I'm going to help. And if everyone here is carrying a kingdom culture, not just the cultures of families we've come from, it becomes safe, healthy, a place of healing, and it becomes a place where people with huge things going on feel safe to be in that. When we carry kingdom culture here, then someone's massive grief, it's not too much because they're not afraid of grief. Because kingdom culture doesn't shy away from pain and from topics like suffering that are all throughout the scripture. I love how the Lord left the book of Lamentations in the Bible. Suffering is is a precious and holy topic and some of us have long, long seasons of suffering. For others, we dip in and out of that subject. Suffering needs to be something that we talk about. And it's okay to be in suffering. And we don't need to be nice and look good and have masks on when we're in here because that's not kingdom culture. Nice isn't a fruit of the Spirit. Check your Bibles. (laughs) It's not a fruit of the Spirit. We don't need to be nice and good and going well, thank you, while we've just fought in the car on the way to the church gathering and we're crying as we leave. We just get to be real in a kingdom culture because grief is a kingdom word and suffering's okay. And if your marriage sucks, it's okay. Come tuck in with us. That's not too big for us here. And if you've just suffered a loss or lots of losses, that's okay. Kingdom culture done well can hold that. You're on a mental health journey? That's not embarrassing and it's not shameful and it's not too much for us here in a kingdom culture with safe people who are comfortable to go into suffering and loss and journey and sit with you in hospital or stay overnight in ED or just come to know what's going on and get alongside you, okay? If your kids are not serving the Lord and you look around at other families here and it looks like their kids are, many families in here have children that are prodigals right now and it's okay and we can talk about it and we can join you and we can pray for them and we can get around you. If you haven't been able to fall pregnant or find a partner or you're a widow or you're divorced, divorced, Divorce does not have a shame word. It has had in Christian faith and in churches. And I really repent for that to you on behalf of churches and church leadership. I'm really sorry for that. We welcome you and your story. And we welcome your heart and your journey and any losses you've had in that. If you're struggling as a mom or as a dad, if you keep losing your job or you haven't been able to get one. Let's just do life together and get alongside each other. We don't need to do fake in a kingdom culture. Isn't that great news? Yeah, there's, we don't need to do fake. Um, we've all had disappointments or felt we failed or we've done stuff or we've been into stuff. or We might have all sorts of funny sin in our history, but yay, Jesus. Yeah, his blood speaks a better word. And it's because of him that we're completely washed white as snow and there's new mercies every day. And the next day is a new day with no mistakes in it and we just get to go again. Yeah? But we just need to get the shame off and we we don't have masks in kingdom culture and we just choose to risk. Do you know that you have to risk all to gain all? And some of us crave being known and crave having connection and crave being loved 
but we have to risk all to gain all. Some of us have had so much um, trust smashed um, when it comes to connection. For some of us, we don't have feelings of connecting at all. That's the last thing we feel like. Um, but there's sometimes reasons for that. Pain that's buried alive stays alive. And for some of us, we've got stuff underneath the sand there that's creating a temptation to just stay away a little bit or just to make sure um, that we're not known too much. Um, every now and again, we might have someone who comes into this community and they see the tree of this community and they, oh, there's beautiful fruit on that tree and I, it looks like people connect well here or someone was friendly to me or um, it felt normal or safe or just regular. And then it can get a little bit nerve-wracking the more you go in because when you realise that at the base of every branch, people have been grafted in and there's actually a process of becoming family, of this being grafted in that can look like, you know how you graft a branch in from another tree? You know, you, you cut it and you, you, know, you cut the, the trunk and you put them together and it can attach and it grows there. It didn't start off there. Maybe you've come across from another church and you're already a developed branch or you just came to know the Lord recently. And so it can be like a grafting in because there's a cutting and there's a cutting our end and there's a placing together and we form a new branch. And sometimes the process of becoming family actually isn't that comfortable. But that's okay, hang in there because the fruit really is worth it. But grafting in looks like being revealed and being known and being yourself and cutting it open and attaching and connecting um, in order to get that fruit and to risk that and to risk being known. Um, yeah. You guys are doing amazing on the screens. I'm just going with my heart instead of my notes, but it's all there by the time we get to the end. So kingdom culture has a goal of oneness and the Lord has a goal of oneness when it comes to us. And so one thing for us to ask our hearts is, do I have a goal of oneness when it comes to a church? Should we just ask ourselves quick, just listen inside and see how that question sits. Do I have a goal of oneness when it comes to being in a church family? And if there's a resistance there, pay attention Spend some time with your journal or with the Lord and ask your heart what the resistance has to say. Listen to its words. There's keys and there's reasons inside there. But if there's a resistance to that oneness, that's what we want to go after. Because um, the Lord would have us be one. So in John 17, 20 to 23, it says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. That's us. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. So he's given us his glory, that we may be one. So he gives us a glory that we may be one, even as Father, Son and Spirit are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you've loved me. So we are to be one, the glory of him on us, to become one, which can be a journey, so that we can be on mission together and the world may know that, that he loves them. Okay, so there's an unto something about our oneness here. We've got to be family on mission, one family on mission. 
okay, so that's the goal. Does it sit right that my goal is oneness or is there a little bit of a resistance? What's that based in? Let's go after that resistance. Our aims. So the aims of kingdom culture in regard to oneness is to belong, not attend. So this is why even language helps to um, inform that. So we want to even watch our language in the Bible, it doesn't talk about going to church. Do you know that's not a biblical sentence? It's They were the church. It's being a church, but they gathered. So that's why we call this the gathering time. On a Sunday, we're going to be at the gathering. If we even refer to this as we're going to church, then we start to think that oneness and church and fellowship is an attendance thing, where it isn't even in the, in the scriptures to go to church. Okay, how did we get so far? We need to just undo that and go, actually, I belong full time and there's oneness all at all times, not necessarily in our living situations, but there is a oneness that continues. Do you know that there's an impact in our oneness when we open doors even to things in the spirit, even bad things, or when we enter into sin in our lives? We're so corporate. We're one body. If the foot is doing something, it impacts the shoulder. Yeah, if the ear is doing something. So we want to even just live a particular life of the fear of the Lord and because of actually we're corporate. Did you know that? We're so corporate and we actually impact each other. This place, even how things feel in our community, dreams different people might be having will be to do with how each part is going with their hand and their foot. And we don't want a hand to be chopped off and left over there. Okay, we all need to just regroup, move as a family. And it's to belong, not to attend. So as we just go back into this next Life Hub season, to not be thinking of I'm going to Life Hub once every two weeks on a Wednesday night. You're not going to a Life Hub. A Life Hub is a group of people. We're going to a Life Hub gathering. Does that make sense? So we're going to a Sunday gathering. We're going to a Life Hub gathering. We are a Life Hub. It's a group of people. We're not going to Life Hub. It doesn't make sense. We are a people and we belong. Okay? And then belonging looks like something... It should reflect somewhere in our diaries, in our what we did that day, and who we were thinking of, and who we were praying for, in our finances. It it should kind of look like we belong to a community because it's not that I attended something once a fortnight, yeah. It's that I chose to attach. It's a very different paradigm of thinking. It's being grafted in, like I was saying about that that branch. It's being covenanted in. It's an interesting thought because some of us have only thought of the word covenant meaning um, a marriage ceremony, that there's a covenant made, but there's all sorts of covenants. The Lord makes covenants with us. There's all sorts of covenants in Scripture. You know how he made covenant with Abraham. But we in a church family can actually choose to covenant in, and we actually choose to hold in through thick and thin. And yes, the Lord definitely can move us on to another church family. We are all part of his greater family. Um, and so you don't have to be here forever and it can be seasonal and that's totally understandable and fine. We're not trapped and it's not a control thing, but it should be covenanted in. And what covenanted looks like is both feet in. And for some of us, both feet in has a threat feeling because of many reasons. Um, unfortunately, there just can be something called spiritual abuse, things that can happen in churches. Um, there can be um, all sorts of responses we've had. For a lot of us, it's a trust issue. So um, even right from the foundations of our birth, so even as soon as we're conceived onwards, um, 
you know, the brain stem, the bottom and the back part of our brain starts growing, right? You know, they call it the first hundred days from conception where that brain stem is formed. And our amygdala, our, our fight, flight, fear response, our responses, our threat response builds immediately. We have that developed through life. And in the first couple of years of our life, if trust is not built in, we actually have cracks in the foundations of who we are as people. And we're actually just people that cannot trust because there's been so much trauma or unmet need, or unsettledness, or insecure environments. If we're raised in a lot of insecurity, there can be a battle to attach and to trust because things were never safe. The, um, the home was never safe, or people aren't safe. And so we grow up learning people aren't safe. And then we love the Lord, and we want to be part of his church, but we're here, and that thing's going off, that people aren't safe. And a self-protection mechanism can kick in that might have been built in quite early of withdrawing. So we just want to watch for where with the temptation to withdraw is actually a pre-paradox reaction to life or to people or because you learnt that was the only way to be safe. And you want to go after that thing. You want to go after that thing so that you can really experience the glory of being able to permanently attach the way that the Lord designed us to and the way to really settle and become safe and to bond in the way that we were designed to and then it got robbed. Does that make sense? So you just want to watch for withdrawing as a coping mechanism. Um, there's all sorts of other coping mechanisms. They can be the opposite extreme where there's a lot of codependency and clinging and neediness and, and having to be connected at all times. There's lots of areas where there can be a root system of unhealed wounds. That, but we can sort that out. We just work it out as we go, uh, so long as at the core there's a safety here. And we want to have a goal and an aim of being known for who we are, not our gifting. Unfortunately, that cannot be something we learn often when we come into a church family. There's been this glorification of spiritual gifts or glorification for, you know, who you are in those areas. And we almost lead with them, like, hi, and this is who I am, and I'm um, an intercessor, or I'm a this, and, um, and, and I preach, or I this, and and we encourage that if it's a new, especially your first six months about of being in this community, we just encourage you to just rest when it comes to that. We are not, um, when we don't first want to know you for what you can do. We don't want to build this church on the backs of our people. Okay, so it's not a case of hi, nice to meet you. Can you get on the roster? Otherwise, you're not from here. It's that's terrible culture as far as we're concerned. There's a time and a place to grow up and to help carry this house, which I'll get onto in a bit. There's a time to really help carry the responsibilities of the jobs and just, you know, family dinners as they are. We need to all pitch in. But to feel like you'll be used because quick and rostering and serving so that we can build the engine of this internal ministry, that's unhealthy. We don't want to have things inside the church be so full that everyone here is consumed with courses and conferences and ministry and we're all just this hidden away lamp under a bowl, yeah? We want to just have enough of us helping with these sorts of things as we gather and then make sure that light is on the hill facing outwards. And if we have time and things under our sleeve and resources and finances, it's for the region and it's for, you know, women at Lily Haven and the people at the crew and for prayer for this area and um, looking after people in this community who might have big seasons. Does that make sense? We don't want this to be an engine. But it can also be that unfamiliar to know that you just come to be known, not to be seen for our gifts. We just want to lay them down, lay all our crowns down alongside ours, and to just be known. 
what does that look like to be known? For some of us, that's such a relief. That's great. I'm just going to be known and I'm just going to be familyed and I've just got to risk that. But for some of others of us, that can be a bit confronting because there's areas of our life which we make known and areas that we might not or that can feel like a threat. Let's not lead with our gifts here. Let's not lead with anything we do. We don't want to be tempted to be a performance-oriented church. Let's just be, let's just be long and be people and be family, all right? So just getting to know each other and resting and having coffees and talking and getting um, yourself to different gatherings and life hubs and things like that. Um, we can talk about giftings and ministry things later um, in their normal size and we won't idolise these things. Is that all right? Cool. Um, I'm going to skip to um, when kingdom culture, let's um, keep making it a, a, a place that has encouragement and exhortation and safe feedback. All right. So we want to be able to be all mums and dads in the spirit where we can speak life into someone. Do you know that um, one way that someone can heal from trauma and heal from wounding and heal from huge things is to have the inner healing? whether that's prayer ministry, God encounter, counselling. That's the one half. The other half someone recovers from things in life is having new experiences that are safe and wonderful and healing. And do you know that encounter with you here on a Sunday can be part of their healing experience? That everyone here matters to carry the culture because looking at someone's eyes and them seeing in your eyes that you are just so happy to see them and that your life just feels richer because they walked into it is part of the healing. Some people haven't had that in their parents' eyes or had that in the eyes of others, but we actually need to know I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm celebrated, I'm wonderful. And just seeing each other and celebrating each other and encouraging each other, it's part of the rebuilding of us. And so to just know that you matter in that way, okay? Let someone see that your eyes dance when you see them. Okay, so, um, but we also want to be a culture where there's safe feedback and where we're open to having safe feedback. So feedback is where we're able to say to someone, there's a bit of salad on your tooth. That's a practical one. But actually it can be, hey, I've just noticed, um, um, just, it's just often, I don't know, it just sounds like you're quite mad or cross all the time or anyone you talk about, it, it's like a bit judgmental or a bit, you know, I'm just, what's going on here or how are things going? And you start to enter into those topics when there's um, things going on. We want to look at Matthew 18, 15, where Jesus, where the, where the Lord clearly outlines how to uh, deal with things in the community. Very few families grow up learning this. I'll quickly mention what we learn instead. So in Matthew 18, 15, what we want is everyone who's part of Paradox Church to carry this as a kingdom culture and we lay down how we grew up knowing how to do things. So Matthew 18, 15 says, if your brother, see, more familiar language. So if your sibling in Christ, someone in the community, sins... Go and show him his fault in private. Go and gossip about them to everyone else. No. Go and debrief with someone just because you didn't need to talk about it. You know, go and um, moan about them to others. Go and be angry and bitter for a year and never speak to them again. No. Go and show him his fault in private. So go one-on-one. -on -one. If he listens and pays attention to you, you have won back your brother. So it even has to be the goal of why we would give feedback to someone is because we want to win them. 
So don't go and give feedback to someone if you actually don't like them, don't care for them and are not fighting for them, all right? Because then it's just maybe self-righteousness or something. But if you actually have a goal of oneness, oneness, then we would want to win back a brother or sister if we can see them straying or into some things, okay? So if they listen to you, you've won back your brother. If he does not listen, then take along one or two others, okay? So then you try again. If you've been trying to work something out with someone and it's not going well, stage two is bring in a third person. Maybe it's your life hub leader, um, one of the family pastors, someone who's mutual to both. Try again so that every word may be confirmed by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he pays no attention to them so it still doesn't go well, tell it to the church. So just go um, wider or speak to the senior leadership. If they refuse to listen even then, then let him be to you as a Gentile, which is an unbeliever, and a tax collector. How do we treat unbelievers? We love them. Okay, this may be um, a... they're probably on a circle out here, maybe where they're not, you know, a believer in Christ and an insider and a fellowshipper with you. But it's not, um, it's not a whole pile of offense and judgment and cutting off and the stuff that we get into, okay? So if someone in your life hub, if someone in your um, catering team, if someone doing the coffee next to you on a Sunday, if someone in Paradox Kids with you, if a mother of another child up in Paradox Kids, if someone leading worship, if someone next to you in, in up here in worship is impacting you in some way or you feel they're in sin, go, go, you go to them and talk about it. Instead, a lot of us have come from families where we have the triangle of drama, so this is what we want to lay down when it comes to our church community. Okay, so many of us are from families where there's called triangulation. It's the triangle of drama. Let's pop ourselves down the bottom where it says victim. So a lot of us, if we feel like someone's in sin or they've hurt us or we're irritated with someone in our life hub or someone in Paradox Kids, what we can do is we can be overwhelmed by our own feelings of vulnerability and we don't take responsibility for the situation. And instead what we can do is we can look for someone who is a rescuer. Okay, that's different to going one on one and giving some feedback and chatting and clearing it up. What we can do is we can look for someone who's a rescuer. Rescuers are not healthy. Okay, so rescuer might be someone who actually, as part of their response to life, often over responsibility because maybe they were the parent in the home from very young, feels a sense of self because they're helping and looking after everyone and anyone who's upset with something or sad with something or they just like to hear about it and meet people's needs. Okay, so they can be a role in the family as to be a rescuer. And the rescuer is often hearing about the problem instead of the person who's feeling like a victim going to the person directly. And the person directly can be what they're terming as the prosecutor, okay, the unsafe person, the person that's in sin. Does that make sense? Let me give examples. We can be growing up in a family where we feel like uh, mum feels she's the victim and she's talking to the rescuer child about dad, lots and lots. Maybe they've separated, maybe they've divorced and... The rescuer child is listening to mom about dad and they're in two separate homes even. Or the, um, the other way around, dad's talking to the child about mom. Or one brother, is the brother is talking to the sister always about mom. Or there's this never sorting out the problem. Chaos carries on all the time, but one person is always leaning on a rescuer and never actually addresses the problem. Does that make sense? 
Okay, so it's called triangulation. It can happen in workplaces. You have a person who feels like a victim and they're in middle management and they talk to a rescuer colleague at the next desk about the senior boss. And it just keeps going on and there's this toxic conversation all the time on this drama, but they're never actually dealing with the problem by going directly to the prosecutor and bringing in someone else and bringing in and doing the Matthew um, 18 way. Okay, so this can be in all places in our life. It can be in social situations. It can be what happens in life hubs. It can be we speak to this person about the life hub leader. It can be we're talking to people about church leadership. Just know if there's any unresolved wounding or pain when it comes to uh, mom's, dad's leadership, it can come out in the church because here it's familial. Again, there's moms, there's dads, there's leadership. And so our stuff can just come out. So we just want to watch for triangulation and make sure that we are stopping that. So if anyone wants to draw you in as a rescuer, got to go, hey, I can't listen to this until you've gone to that person directly. Should we try that sentence? <laughs> hey, I can't listen to this until you've gone to that person directly. Otherwise, you're being complicit in sin. You're being complicit. So I can't listen to this. Have you spoken to them? No, because then there's often a reason why that person, they can't speak to them. Some people are genuinely unsafe. So then just skip the going one-to-one and take someone else with you and just go to that. But we cannot be talking to each other about each other. It creates division in the church. Very strong on this one. We're We're not breaking this community up. It's taken too many beautiful people and components and health to be getting to where it's getting. Let's all carry this culture and agree that we don't talk about each other ever, ever, or about our new life hub leaders or about the way someone on the team or this person won't let me on this ministry team and you're talking to someone else in the church. That's toxic. But for some of us, it's so normal because we're raised in it. It's toxic and it's dangerous and that's letting foxes loose in the church. So we want to catch the little foxes. We want to make sure there's no holes in the fence, okay? We talk to them or we don't talk. And if we're not talking, it's because it's completely resolved and we've been able to sort it out in ourselves. okay? We all need to make sure we're a stopgap to toxic things happening in the church in that way. Does that make sense? So I'm just going to finish off with a corporate response and corporate family does look like everyone chipping in. So this is our invitation. If you feel like this is going to be your church or it has been for a while, just a corporate response to chipping in. This does mean have a bit of time off if, it's, if you're new to the church. We don't want to use you. You're, you don't need to be chucking yourself straight on a roster. You need to be busy becoming family. So use the time to get known, have cooks, invite people over, invite yourself to people's houses. Just get busy being known, being vulnerable. Vulnerability is your homework. If you're being un- here under six months, vulnerability is your homework. It remains your homework all the way to the end. Um, but just focus on vulnerability. But if you feel like this is your family and you've been here for a while, be, be chipping in relationally. Be a spiritual parent, okay? Adopt people. Adopt people. Extend your table. It needs to be normal and familiar to have people at your home, okay? Maybe people staying with you every now and again. People for coming for dinner. Focus on extending your table. Focus on being at other people's tables, yeah? We're coming into a very individualistic society at the moment and very busy and then we're just home and then at work and then home. Extend your table and, and get to other people's tables, Practically, it looks like chipping in, okay? So we don't want to make this a huge, big machine, but actually 
hosting something like this on a Sunday just needs to be a bit like family dinner where everyone needs to help with the dishes. I hate doing dishes. I don't know who cried more, my mum or me, growing up over the dishes. It was a place of contention and argument, but the dishes just need to be done. So just don't think like if I felt called and excited about being on the catering team, I would do it. If I feel called and excited to help, you know, with kids or with um, making sandwiches or coffee or cleaning or coming early or praying early, I don't think most people feel like helping with jobs at family dinner. So just know that's different to your calling in life and your ministry in life, okay? Mom and dad and the child, they're all doing different things in their life, but when it comes to just the grotty jobs, everyone's got to chip in. There's no glorification of any of the background jobs, cameras, lighting. We need people on everything and we're lacking. There's a core group of people carrying everyone. And that looks like a family whose adult children are still living at home. 50, 70, 20-something-year-olds still living at home and mom's doing the, the laundry. It's not healthy. Okay? So let's just all pull our weight. If this is your community, you've been here a while, just... Get involved in something because none of it's fun and it's just family dinner stuff. But let's just do it because then at least we get together and it happens and it's wonderful. And let's just do it for someone else and do it for Jesus. Is that okay? And financially. So we've got the black boxes on the, on the wall that have got our, our financial details. Or look on the website. You can put cash in there or look online. Get into your tithing. Get that set up rhythmically. Look into Lilia Haven or the crew as places that you can back financially. Make it make chip in in that way and spiritually let's get praying together pick people in your life hub to pray for pray for your life hub leader come to pre-service prayer on a Sunday or the prayer room but just spiritually go if this is my church I'm actually going to put my shoulder in and help carry that's healthy kingdom culture we also just want a team of people carrying spiritually the weight of this community does that make sense so let's all just put in the work let's all just chip in family everyone carries so we all want to carry the culture and we all want to carry the responsibilities so that we can be family on mission Okay, we have a lot of people that need to come to know the Lord. If these seats are all full, who's going to disciple them? I'm not. I'll disciple some. Will you? Will you? And will you? And will you? It looks like a life of chipping in and extending our table. The women at Lilia Haven are going to need mentors, birth partners, people who will be there in the birthing suite, all of it. We get to love the lost. We get to be in the most vulnerable of places. We've got to become a safe family and we've got to... Um, be willing to serve in our time. Does that make sense? Let's become a real healthy family and just work on our vulnerability. Um, I'm going to finish off with that. We're going to have um, a time of morning tea now, which we really encourage everyone to stay behind for. Just meet someone that you don't know. If you know a lot of people, avoid them. Pick someone that you don't know because you might be all they have. You know, they might be new here and flown in. So just pick someone and choose to family them. Choose vulnerability. Choose safety. Um, a few of us might just stay behind here if you're needing prayer for anything just up at the front. Otherwise, we're going to release a lot of people to just meet new people. Um, we look forward to the Life Hub season and to getting to know more of you. Please do register online if you're going to come and join as one of the Life Hubs just so we know for catering reasons and you'll get instructions soon. We love you. Let's be safe, family. Let me close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this time together. I thank you for everyone that you're knitting in for such a time as this. 
Father, would you just go ahead and make it safe in ways that uh, relationships haven't always felt safe for some of us, have actually been a place of great turmoil and, and betrayal. Would you just go before us, Lord, and um, help us to be grafted in? Would you just help us to have the courage to put both feet in and to stay there? Um, would you just lead us in ways to see each other and to tuck each other in, to pursue each other and to remain intentional as a community? We just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.